Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of Rapid Recap here inside Nebraska with me. As always, is Greg Smith. I'm Zach Carpenter and uh, another loss to Iowa for Nebraska today. Another 13 to 10 loss for Nebraska this season. Greg, which which one is your favorite 13 to 10 loss? Favorite, if by favorite you then mean least favorite, um, <laughs> then I would probably- Most painful, gut-wrenching one. Honestly, it is, this is not recency bias. I think it is this one. I think it's the one to Iowa. Um, I think our last winner, the last time we talked about this, because it comes up so often, unfortunately, Minnesota uh, was the pick there because of the way it's, it kicked off the season. And Nebraska played so well in a lot of spots for that one and just had those unfortunate errors. And then the, the great catch in the end zone, I don't want to relitigate the whole thing. This one, though, to go from the moment where Tommy Hill picks off that pass like that exact moment where you think he's got a chance to go back and do mm -hmm. a pick six to then when it where it ended up is gut, it's a real gut punch and having it be the last game in the season having it be against Iowa having to keep you from going to a bowl game and I might add too like and I noticed this after the game like I kind of went to the middle of the field just to kind of take in the scene and to see like kind of what the vibe was there's an Iowa player kind of chirping at Nebraska's bench and then there's this very loud let's go Hawks chant if I'm a Nebraska player that's the last time I ever want to hear that chant, especially in my home stadium. Um, it's a tough one all around. That's just a really tough one. It's going to be like Stefan Diggs looking at the Chiefs celebration on at yeah. Arrowhead Stadium, AFC title game a few years ago, just soaking it in, <laughs> soaking it in to give you more motivation when you don't really need it. You don't need no. extra motivation. I don't think if you're, a, if you're a Nebraska player who's coming back next season, I mean, like you said, uh, I, obviously I say it in somewhat jest, like what's your favorite 13-10 yeah. loss? I mean, all three of them are just gut-wrenching for not even different reasons, for the exact same reason, because they all three followed the exact same script. Tied 10 to 10, mm -hmm. driving with a chance to win, interception, and then the opponent comes down and easily, almost immediately goes on a game-winning drive for a 13 to 10 win, field goal as time expires. Mm -hmm. Iowa, 2018 and 2019, Field goal as time expires for a three-point win. 2023, again, the same. And Nebraska has now lost six in a row to Iowa at home. Uh, they ended the seven-game losing streak last yeah. year, but that, I mean, that's clearly an anomaly in this rivalry. Nebraska is two and nine in the last 11, 0 and six in the last six at home, and five, the, those six home losses, the average margin of defeat has been 5.2 points. Yeah. 5.2 points. I, I just, you know, you just take it from here. I mean, where where does this team go from here? How does it reconcile after the loss? Because to me, I mean, you hear after every gut-wrenching loss that Rule talks about, like, you, you hear the positivity stemming mm. from Rule's voice, even though the Minnesota one, that was crushing in a, like, this team clearly needs to know, like, needs to feel success. If they get off to this, off to this start, 1-0 start, right. you feel like this entire season is different. Maryland, you get the monkey off your back, and it was so avoidable with the ball at the five-yard line. <laughs> and this one, everything yeah. you said with Tommy Hill after the interception, God. it's just so – like looking at the game summary is almost pisses you off more. Yeah, it's, yeah, more it's weirder every time you – yeah, every time you think about it and kind of list out what happened. But it's interesting that you, you mentioned Matt Rule and the positivity that he had after this game. And he and he's talked – you know, this is not the first time this week, actually, that he's talking about kind of the health of the program. And, like, if, if they did an autopsy and you look inside the guts of the program, um, that it would be very healthy and they've got buy-in from everybody, you know, parents, everyone on down the line. Um, and I do really believe bought that. It. 
I but, would 100% believe that. But I also believe, though, that, you know, we heard from players after this game, and they were more upbeat about the future of the program than I thought that they would be. And even Alex Bullock, at a point, because he was actually right over there, <laughs> Alex Bullock talked about today after the game about how he didn't always feel that people actually believed that positivity in years past here at Nebraska and that things would get turned around. He said that that is a real feeling right now inside of the building and that they're excited to kind of get to work after you kind of take a little bit of a break, lick your chops, <laughs> lick your wounds, all of that. But he thinks that it'll be a lot better going into year two, knowing all of the expectations, knowing what the staff, um, how they kind of operate and want to work behind the scenes as well will really help everybody. And so I actually kind of was struck by the positivity, not just from Rule, because we kind of do always hear yeah. that. And I think that he, that's the, the voice that he wants to project to his team. But then to hear the players really be positive about the outlook of the future was really striking to me. But <laughs> yeah, there's the but. It's still, I think, right now for most fans, that falls on deaf ears only because you've heard that so much. Even if this is actually different and this feels different to the players that are inside the building, it's hard for fans to fully embrace that because to them, what do they see? Five and seven, miss a bowl game, three point loss again, same result. That's what it feels like to them, even if that's not actually the truth once you kind of cut beneath that first layer. If I'm a Husker fan listening to Rule after this, after this game, and especially though after the players, and being so upbeat and positive in the moment, like, I mean, over the next however many hours, 24 hours, yeah. I don't know, in the immediate aftermath, I'm, I'm angry at the, at the fact that there is so much positivity. And I get it. I, I get the anger and the frustration. I mean, all over our message boards, all over Twitter, YouTube comments, yeah, like all of it. Right. I understand it because it is, it's frustrating. It's maddening and inexplicable that it mm. keeps happening. And I equate it to something like a, a husband or a wife is just continually disloyal, disloyal, mm -hmm. disloyal, disloyal. And after each time, you're still taken back, think it's going to be the same thing. Things going to be, or think it's going to be different. Things yeah. going to be different. Things going to be different. And that's the same every time. Or a family member who continues oh, to disappoint you, continues <laughs> to disappoint you, but mm -hmm. they're family. So you love them, even though you don't trust them, you can't help, mm -hmm. but try to believe in them, even though you deep down don't. That's how I think Nebraska fans are going to be feeling, that have been feeling. I mean, 3-18 and in one-score games over the last three seasons now. Led the nation in turnovers. Second-worst turnover margin in, the, uh, in program history. There were just so many issues. Those are just a few of them. I mean, talk me off the ledge here with the positivity. Why should Nebraska fans feel optimistic? Because, I, again, I yeah. think there is hope for the future. I think the future is bright. But... Losses like the Maryland one, losses like today are going to sit in Rule's head and uh, and haunt him all offseason. I think it, first of all, I think it should. I think it should sit in his head. It should haunt him. It should haunt the players. It should haunt everyone on staff. Everyone in the building should be haunted by these close losses. Even if you project positivity, I still think that there's room for like strong reflection on what's happening because you, Nebraska needs to figure out what like deep down what's keeping them from being able to get over the hump in these close games now we could there's a lot of different ways i honestly think that you could go for that you talk about positivity if you the the growing pains of this year with all of the young players that had to play especially on offense with all of the injuries all the guys you didn't expect to count on this year that did play and get real live game experience those guys will be a year better next year going through this just to narrow it down to those freshman receivers going through this year will help them tremendously going forward right so that will help them. 
The turnover situation, though, mm -hmm. is something that I, I don't know how you just flip the switch on that. I don't. I either. have my own thoughts about whether where they need to go with quarterback. And, and my tweet is like randomly going not randomly going viral, but it is going viral right now. You're a popular um, guy, of course. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, in that, you're I popular think, guy with takes. Yeah, with my takes, I think that the two things that Nebraska needs to do right now is to the top two priorities: keep Tony White. Pay bump, that man his bump money. Bump his pay. Yeah, I was going to say, and that's, a, you know, in parentheses, bump his pay, pay his money. And they need to pay whatever it takes, and I put in the tweet, up to a million dollars for a transfer portal quarterback. Somebody that they feel like they can go out and can win football games for them. Not just a caretaker, not someone that it's a hope and a wish that that guy's going to be good. They need to go and get the best of the best that they can get. I understand it at the two-way street, um, but they have to do that in this offseason because – the biggest reason for positivity is that defense. We found out this week Ty Robinson coming back. They played another great game today, I should say that. You know, they gave up that run mm -hmm. at the end. They were deflated. I feel like every game we feel like we're saying that where they were deflated at one point after a I horrible turnover. <laughs> just, at some point, the dam is going to break. Real quick, like, real, real quick, because I was saying this to Steve, uh, Steve Mark in um, mid-game. Yeah. It feels like every time that the offense has some sort of positivity, not every time, I'm being hyperbolic, but there's yeah. some sort of big play by the offense. The defense almost inexplicably immediately gives up a big play. Yeah, that's, big like that's Louisiana, the time they give up their play. Louisiana, yeah. or Colorado after the Sims run. Uh, Louisiana Tech, it happened for two drives straight until uh, Nash, Hutmaker, um, came over the fourth and one uh, stand. I mean, Maryland. Uh, it happened. I mean, it's just, it feels like in the big moments, that's when it happens. But uh, I digress. I'm sorry. And I, no, you're good. I, but the thing is, is so Ty Robinson coming back, Nash Hutmacher coming back. Um, you're going to have, I think it's everyone at least on the two deep on the defensive line is scheduled to return. Several starters are guys that have played significant reps on the back end of the defense. They've got to figure out maybe inside linebacker, but you've got some guys kind of marinating behind <laughs> the scenes that I think can step into those roles. Plus, Javin Wright, another one of those young guys that played a lot, will be very very good, I think, next year. So the positivity comes from the fact that you know you can count on that defense, which is why, once again, to mm -hmm. circle back to my original point, it is vitally important that they figure out what they're doing with quarterback next season. I know that Matt Rule and Marcus Satterfield get up there every week and say, we believe in these quarterbacks. The proof is in the pudding. Nebraska did not have a thousand yard passer this season. It was the first time in pro that the program had that happen since 2014 when Tommy Armstrong, Taylor Martinez, and Ron Kellogg all, I think, threw over 100 passes. A couple of those guys actually seasons. turned out to be pretty good. But you don't want to have that. You do not want to have a year in which you don't have a 1,000-yard passer. That means you need to go and get yourself a quarterback high 1890. Yeah, and I mean, maybe Nebraska fans need to start a, a GoFundMe. Yeah. Nebraska quarterback. <laughs> they actually program. technically have that. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Technically, that technically, is, technically, is a bad fancy GoFundMe. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're right. And I just I wonder um, if, if they need to bring in an outside – evaluation for a quarterback but like an out, outside eye outside um yeah. uh point of view scout of here's a quarterback you can go get but they did that this year with jeff collins like, right jeff that, collins like, recommended like, jeff there was yeah. there was trust in the wrong hands i think and i mean like we've said before it's so impossible to not impossible but it's the hardest it's part so of quarterback hard. evaluation yeah. is uh is evaluating the mentals yeah. and um can they handle the fishbowl? Can they do this or that? Like, it's going to be a priority. It's priority number one A or one B, whatever you want to rank it, are those yeah. two. But I mean, not not to go extreme example here, but I'm Kansas City Chiefs fan. Yeah. Like, it was 
embarrassing playoff heartbreak, embarrassing playoff loss, or heartbreaking playoff loss every single year. Yeah. No matter who was our quarterback until we got Patrick, we drafted Patrick Mahomes, and then his second year in the league after sitting for a year, yeah. everything changed. I mean, everything changed from the bottom up to the top. It's that important, even in college football. Oh yeah. I mean, college football, NFL is that important to get the right guy at quarterback. And I'm curious to see the quarterback transfer market because I heard that project it's projected out to not be that strong of a quarterback yeah. market in the transfer portal this offseason. But I mean, we're sitting here November 24th. We don't know that yet. You never know. We, things get weird in college football these days. I think when the portal opens on December 4th officially, I think it's going to be, there'll be a lot of guys that go in. We'll see what happens, particularly at quarterback. Wh whoever goes in there, Nebraska needs to evaluate whoever the top handful of guys are mm -hmm. and make strong plays for them uh, because I just don't, I don't know that you can return next year with the same group. Um, I, I feel like Chubba Purdy has played his way into at least being in the conversation next as year. Yes, but as a backup I like and I'm not trying to be harsh but they, they've got to get this figured out there has to be urgency around that based on what you're seeing from that defense and where if it was just up to the defense this program would be very very good right but they play offense too and you need to go ahead and get the quarterback figured out Ross Tucker the CBS color analyst for the game today um, Iowa kicked their first it was they went up seven nothing right seven nothing and then ten nothing with that field goal mm. and it was Third down, third and goal from the five yard line, I think, I believe it was. And they, or no, it was, I think it was the eight yard line, eight to 10. Mm -hmm. Similar situation as Nebraska, Maryland, just as far as setup, third and goal from, I think it was the 10. Yeah. Sorry if I'm wrong. And he said, third and goal from the 10 yard line, and you're running the ball. Most teams would throw the ball, but Iowa knows what it is. Yep. Iowa, Iowa no is completely okay now i'm paraphrasing is completely okay with running the ball from third down at the 10 yard line third and goal and just kicking a field goal right. it's like i think nebraska if they do that this year they're going bowling but there's there's not a maybe there's a find your identity in this offseason or at yeah. least figure out what it wants to do at the end of games Figure out how to cut the turnovers. Like I, you yeah. cannot be, you can't be what you just described, Iowa, um, and turn the ball over with 31 times or whatever it was. 12 times in this month they turned the ball over. You can't. That doesn't work. It doesn't compute, right? Um, and so I think that you know figuring out what they want to be on offense, yes. But first and foremost, they've got to stop giving the ball away. If you do that, that or at least, and I don't know, you're not going to go from 31 to none, but you're gonna, you got to at least cut that in half, and you, it'll be magical about how many more opportunities they have to score points in a game. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, gets, it gets redundant to talk about the turnovers after yeah. every game, except for the Wisconsin, because they found a way to lose that one as well, even though they only turned it over once in that, in that game. So, I don't know, any, any final parting shots? I mean, this won't be the last podcast we do this season. It won't even be the last rapid recap, because I'm sure we'll have yeah. uh, press conferences coming up soon. But um, any, any last words for uh, 2023 season, Matt Rule year one that – Looked so promising, looked on the precipice of something special only to end in a dud. It is an interesting season, a very interesting season because the expectations I thought were low and at the right point to start the season. Mm -hmm. Somewhere along the way they got outsized. We started talking about Indy and all of this stuff and then now it feels like it, it was looks a disappointing season. 
right? Detroit being the, the disappointing. Yeah, now it feels like a disappointing season. And so it's just a weird one. I think when we step back from the anger of what happened today, I think people will realize that, the, that there has been progress. I do think that the vast majority of fans believe that. But I, it's a tough pill to swallow. But there are a lot of serious questions that Matt Rule and the staff have to address in this offseason. It's, it's going to, as always, going to be a fascinating offseason. Yeah, but too many to dive into and too many to dive deeply into yeah. uh, throughout the offseason over this next week. We'll have, uh, we'll have write-ups and videos on that um, all of next week, all of next month as the, uh, the questions of the offseason linger and the what-ifs and what-could-be's what ifs of this last season, what could be of next season sort of open up. Uh, so I encourage you guys to go to InsideNebraska.com. We actually have a Black Friday sale where you can get 75% off your first year for new subscribers. That's $100 value at just $25 for the year. So that, uh, that runs through Monday. If you go to our uh, website and you use promo code in all caps, RIVALS2023, you get 75% off. It's our best deal of the year, most successful deal of the year. And uh, even though it's a bad time, it's, it's a bad ending to the season, it is a good time to, to sign up because it's going to be an offseason that's maybe not quite as busy, but almost as busy as last year with the transfer portal um, and recruiting stuff coming up and maybe some, who knows, maybe coaching shuffling because that, the coaching carousel always goes crazy in yeah. the offseason. So, again, I encourage you guys to head to InsideNebraska.com. encourage you guys to like this video, subscribe to the Inside Nebraska YouTube channel, get all of our videos dropped directly into your feed. So, for Greg Smith, I'm Zach Carpenter, and we'll catch you guys again next time.